Hello, everyone, and welcome to Daily Newspaper Analysis, which is brought to you by Lossico. So today, this analysis will be discussed on basis of two articles. The first article is from the Indian Express and the Hindu. Let's see. The first ex- uh, article is a collage of laws that leaves the worker out in the cold. So this article has been taken from the Hindu newspaper, which talks about protecting and providing universalized social security system to all the people in the India, especially the ones that need it the most. And in the times of this pandemic, how these social security norms should be brought under one umbrella in order to give the maximum benefit to the people in need. And the second article is from the Indian Express, which is titled as Why United Kingdom's Karn is suing India Air India in New York. So this talks about the Karn versus Air India case. So what is this case all about and what are the future of this case that can be seen by the Indian uh, stakeholders has been discussed in this article. And finally, we have the News and Flash column. So this newspaper analysis is presented to you by me. My name is Sheva Khan and I am a law graduate, completed my law degree in the year 2019 from Uttaranchal University with a batch gold medal. I have been a national debater and a public speaker throughout my educational career. And here at Lawseco, I'm currently working as the current affairs expert and manager for free content and outreach. If you wish to connect it, connect with me, you can definitely have a look at my Twitter as well as my LinkedIn IDs. The link to both the handles is given in the description box. Let's get started with the discussion of a first article of the day which talks about universalization of social security. So this article says that the pandemic has rendered low-paid informal workers which were approximately 91% of the workforce totally helpless into poverty and without a social security system and uh, also in the absence of any free basic care in public clinics and insurance. Now, as we know that the situation of the formal and informal workers in the India was already not very good. Now, by formal and informal workers, we mean that the formal workers are those that are completely recognized. The work done by them is completely recognized in the economy and thus they are able to avail various kinds of benefits. Now these benefits can be for example the BA, the TA and you know the allowances, the rent allowances, health insurances, maternity benefits etc. But unfortunately in our country's economic system a large workforce already used to work as informal workers. Now, for example, if you see a person who's pulling a rickshaw, do you think he gets himself registered somewhere to do so? Or if there is a person who has a very small pawn shop, so do you think that he would have registered his entire business under any company or something? Absolutely not. So these all people fall under the ambit of informal workers. And the pandemic of COVID-19 has rendered, it has actually brought these informal workers and due to which these informal workers which were approximately 91% of the total workforce have been brought into complete abject poverty and that too without any kinds of social security systems. Let's discuss that what what is the social security code of 2020 that has been discussed in this article. So the Social Security Code of 2020 merges or brings together all the existing social security laws and attempts to include informal workers within the ambit of social security. 
now obviously when we talk about the various kinds of social securities so it is these informal workers who need them the most and that is why the social security code of 2020 proposes that we should bring together all the social security laws and attempts and bring them all under one umbrella to give a convergent and to give a focused benefit to these informal workers in the society so it amalgamates eight existing central labor laws such as the epf the esi maternity benefits gratuity etc so like we have the employees uh, provident fund then we have the employee state insurance etc so all these things have been you know proposed to be brought together so that a kind of convergent and a better benefit system can be drawn out for the informal workers secondly the court proposed that the government will formulate schemes for unorganized workers who has to get mandatorily registered so the government will come forward and it will formulate various kinds of schemes for these informal workers for the benefit of these informal workers and the workers which we are talking about here who are the informal ones will have to mandatorily compulsorily get themselves registered so that they come into the government accounts and the government at least knows in the first place as to who and how many are the beneficiaries of their schemes because currently there is a lack of awareness among the informal workers in the first place and secondly the informal workers lack digital literacy and connectivity and find it difficult to furnish all the documents required due to which and due, basically due to these basic but when they become very important for uh, places like these or for uh, things like these due to these things they ultimately have to drop out from various kinds of government benefit schemes and ultimately the benefits of the government schemes which were actually designed to percolate and to reach these informal workers they are never able to reach them in the first place okay so the code does not uh, provide for interstate cooperation all right this now this says that here one thing that is a problem with this code that it does not provide for interstate cooperation and holistic security cover is lost in the center state tussle what happens is that as we know when we talk about the workers let's take the biggest example of migrant workers so why we call them as the migrant workers is because they move from one state to another state from one city to another city from the rural to the urban areas so in a way whatsoever be the reason whatsoever be the system whatsoever be the direction the migrant workers move now in such a situation it is ideal and it is definitely definitely important that there is cooperation amongst the states so that a smoother delivery of these benefits can be taken place but due to this if at all this element is missing of having the interstate cooperation what happens is that the holistic security cover is completely lost in the center state tussle because many a times it becomes very confusing for the center or the states or even amongst the states as to who has been given the benefit who has not been given the benefit and due to this movement of the workers especially the informal workers the entire purpose of this particular law or the vision is defeated now let's discuss that what are the key benefits of the code firstly the provision of maternity benefit has not been made universal which is applicable to established with 10 workers or more so here this actually talks about the point of having the maternity benefit wherein it says that it is currently applicable to only the established uh, workplaces that have 10 workers or more and thus here the ambit might be increased to a further grade a greater extent 
secondly the employees provident fund is still not applicable to informal sector workers which are established with less than 20 workers and that is why the people over here are tend to be exploited but definitely this code will be able to give them better uh, in a way resources and in another way, way a better epf funds as well and thirdly the payment of gratuity which is there after the retirement was expanded but limited to established with 10 or plus workers only which will be actually resolved by this particular social security code of 2020 now here are also some problems with the code that have been highlighted in the article wherein it says that it remains a collage of laws without any integration now if you understand why at all we are calling it as a collage so back in school when we were you know uh, just young students if remember we used to have many times these competitions of making or designing a collage so what we used to do was that we can pick up bits and pieces of different colors and from magazines newspapers etc and we used to paste them on one larger piece of paper bringing out a whole and bigger picture but always what used to happen was that the demarcations or the separations in those pasted pieces of papers were always evident similar is the analogy that has been draw, drawn in this particular article regarding the social security code as well that even after integrating such social security norms and laws in the country it still remains out to be a collage of laws without any real integration which means that they still they appear to look together but they still look different from each other and that is why better integration and a smoother blend has to be seen in the future and secondly it puts extra financial burden on the states without a doubt yes obviously when we talk about providing maternity benefits to all the gratuity benefits to all epf eci and other you know labor benefits to all the people in the country or all the informal workers definitely it will have a huge toll on the financial health of the entire state system So if at all we talk about that, what are the various social security laws in the country? So let's take a few examples. Like we have the Employees Provident Fund Act of 1952, the Labor Welfare Act of 1965, the Payment of Gratuity Act 1972. Then if we talk about the wages, we have the pay- Payment of Wages Act 1936, the Payment of Bonus Act. 1965 the minimum wages act the equal remuneration act then for various industrial laws we have the industrial dispute act the trade unions act the factories act etc and for the benefits of women especially in the times of maternity we have the maternity benefit act and otherwise we have the equal remuneration act then we have the sexual harassment of women at workplace act 2013 so all these are the various important labor laws in india which this social security code 2020 seeks to amalgamate under one umbrella with this let's start our discussion for the second article of the day which talks about the karn energy plc versus air india case so this case is an important one for us to study wherein what happened was that recently the karn energy plc which is a british oil company is now suing air india in new york to seize its its assets in order to enforce a 1.2 billion dollar arbitration award which it has actually won against the indian government so let's understand into a small detail as to what was the dispute at all so in the year 2006 the karn energy transferred shares of karn india holdings to karn india limited so the karn india holdings was not an indian company please note so it actually made a share of you know uh, the transfer of shares was done through this a thing then subsequently it divested 30% of its shares through an ipo which was an initial public offering so it actually 
sold out its 30% uh, share through an initial public offering and most of the remaining stake was sold but the current was not allowed to transfer 9.8% of its stake now what happened was that the, the tax authorities argued that the share transfers attracted capital gains of rupees 6000 of rupees 6000 to be paid to the kan uk so actually the capital gains of rupees 6000 crores to be paid by kan united kingdom then in the year 2012 after a ruling by supreme court in the favor of kan uk the definition of transfer of capital asset was amended in the it act to retrospectively apply to kan uk transfer now as we know that this problem of retrospective taxation has always been one for which india has been looked down at the global uh, level as well so we know that here also for a retrospective thing uh, as well the amendment was done to uh, change the definition of um, transfer of capital asset in the it act and then in the year 2020 international arbitration tribunal ruled in favor of kan and avoid awarded it 1.2 billion dollars in compensation now let's understand that why is air india being sued in this particular case so as per the kan air india is the alter ego of india and should be jointly and severally responsible for india's debts and Air India is a wholly owned and extensively controlled by government of India. Also, here the principal agent relationship also has been highlighted and also it says that now the courts in US will have to determine the level of economic control of Air India by the government and based on that the liability and responsibility of Air government of India and Air India would be decided. Now this entire case has also been challenged in different jurisdictions like in the Hague in the arbitration award was delivered in Hague for New York Air India's assets in uh, they were located there and Kan has initiated the proceedings in other locations too so thus it has become a matter of international arbitration and here uh, this has again uh, sprouted up the uh, issue of retrospective taxation and the issue of principal agent relationship with this let's see what do we have for news and flash today infrastructure status for convention centers the finance ministry has granted the status for exhibition and convention centers with an aim to ease the bank financing norms for such projects the infrastructure tag does not involve significant tax breaks but by becoming the mice which is the meetings incentives conference and exhibitions destination it it can generate significant revenue with several global firms active in india So with this we are done for the day we hope it was a good session for you thank you so much for staying tuned with lossico please subscribe to our channel for such more updates to come